Welcome to the Cool Fireman Podcast, a virtual firehouse kitchen table with What's a Rolfie, Unky, Fireman 1231, JDB Cubed, and Fireman Freddy. Let's get to the show. All right, you going to start this, Fred? All right. Welcome back to the Cool Fireman Podcast. It's been a little while. We've got some busy lives. Uh, if you're here, I guess it's just me in the north. We're frozen. It's cold. Below zero. But it's okay. Because Same here. the lions are red hot. Welcome oh, back. Go Lions. Oh, Keep boy. pounding. Oh, that's Keep the Panthers, pound- right? One pride, baby. One pride. Right. <laughs> uh, we are so... We are so fortunate today, bang, and, bang. and and if I am being a hundred percent honest, uh, this is a long time coming, and uh, it is on us for not for not doing this sooner. But we we are able to uh, uh, welcome into the podcast today Brian Kelly of East Coast Kelly's on all the socials. Uh, he is a fire marshal and battalion chief uh, from North Carolina. He is one of the uh, podcasts, you know, really good friends. And uh, we are so fortunate to uh, have him on the show today to uh, tell us about himself. So welcome, What's Brian up, y'all? Kelly. What is up? I am a little giddy. Thank you for the golf clap. You're I'm not giddy. I am. I told I told um, uh, Freddie when, when he texted me um, that literally I announced – today's podcast at dinner with my in-laws and the whole family sitting around. We, we have dinner over there twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays. And so when I got the text, I was at dinner and I literally put my phone down and I interrupted everyone as they were talking about their days at schools. And I said, I have something extremely important to share. <laughs> and they said, what is it? And I said, I just got to ask if I could report, record a podcast on the cool farming podcast. And they were like, all right. And they went back to eating what we were eating. And I said, no, you don't, you don't understand what, what this means <laughs> to me. They and, are a uh, very low budget podcast. <laughs> and I am so excited to be there. Adam <laughs> will tell you, I know he he's told you about me on the podcast a little bit. I seriously give him crap when I don't get my weekly episode in. I listen to several podcasts And, you know, when I wake up most mornings as I'm getting ready for work, I try to listen to leadership style podcasts or podcasts that kind of put me in perspective for the day. Um, I have jokingly told Freddie and even Doug and some of the other ones that I'm a different kind of white shirt. Um, I kind of approach it a different way. And so um, anyways, I'm, I'm stoked to be here because I find myself when I'm listening to the podcast wanting to interject on just some of the normal things because he's yelling at the radio while we're talking. <laughs> I'm yelling in the shower. No, you said it all wrong. Um, but no, seriously, I, 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 you know, it's all about perspective. It's all about seeing things a little bit differently. And so um, I, I, before I go in and tell it about myself, I was in an officer's meeting once um, a quarter. We try to hold officer's meetings where the station captains and the command staff, we get together, we kind of give reports to everybody. And as part of that, um, you know, we allow for comments to come up, questions. And so that way we can address things as a whole to the whole department and kind of calm down the rumor mill, if you will. And in one of those meetings, totally off guard, uh, one of the station captains says, and I quote, one of the things I appreciate about Chief Kelly is he always explains the why. And growing up and one of the biggest struggles that I always dealt with was knowing when to shut up. Right. Like I always felt like I would over explain something or drag something on too long. I'm and, still learning. Um, <laughs> and so I felt like that was the case. But in my mind, I went back to a battalion chief that I had when I was like brand new, less than a month. And one of the things that he said was he said, look, boy, and this is the way it was, you know, 20 some years ago. Look, boy, you don't take the time to ask me why on a fire scene. I've been there, done that. Right. You ask why back at the firehouse. And so I thought to myself, if I ever get in a position of leadership, there will be no reason for someone to have to ask why we're doing it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Like, and so at one month in, that was one of the things that I always long for. And at the same time, it's also just the Kelly trait. 
we just love to just keep talking. So anyways, I'm super stoked about being here and yeah, Brian, super excited. Brian, that is like a loaded two minutes that you just talked about. So you threw in there um, uh, that you like to listen to leadership podcasts. I got to, since this is uh, a fireman podcast and all those aspiring officers and leaders out there, there's an amazing book that you got to read. Yeah. It's uh, The Wisdom of the Bullfrog by Admiral William McRaven. I just yeah. finished reading it. It's a very easy read, short. It, he's a, um, He's an old Navy SEAL. And um, did you guys, you guys know that they call uh, the seals call themselves frogmen? Yeah. Yes. So, so I, I knew that, but what I didn't know was that the oldest like tenured uh, frogman or seal is called the bullfrog. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. But he wrote a book cause he was the bullfrog for a while and um, he's done commencement speeches at colleges. He's uh, written a few books, but the wisdom of the bullfrog is amazing. And then you said one other thing. You said, I, I like to answer why. And if you don't listen to Simon Sinek, he wrote a book, Start With Why. It's a fantastic book. Um, yeah. And it kind of like, he explains in a TED talk one time about how marketing works and how the, a lot of people will say like, this is a microphone. It's called blue and it's going to change your life. Whereas uh, like Apple, they do it from inside out and they start with the why and they say, this is going to change your life. It's an iPhone. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. that they, they market it as different. Anyway, yeah, we could, we could do a whole series on that and the relevancy. A lot of the stuff that I listen to has no fire service affiliation at all. And what I, how my mind works is how I take that and I apply it to the way that I run my division, right? I tell people all the time, it's a three ring circus, the fire department, right? Operations, training, and prevention. And so I'm in charge of one of those rings in the circus every day. And I have a responsibility in that show, right? Yeah. And so the fire chief is the ringmaster and, and, and I am in charge of that one ring and I am expected as a whole to bring it. And so are the people that are doing that along with me. And so, you know, part of that, for me, when I listen to those podcasts is I look at the people that are most successful, not in the fire service. And, and it doesn't matter whether we're making a widget, doing a fire investigation, public education, responding to a call, they are figuring it out. Right. Yeah. And how did they do that? Right. So whether it's interpersonal traits and learning how for me as the guy with three bugles to shut up and let them do it, right? Because I don't do it anymore or whether it's sitting down and helping them talk through the processes. So that way, when I walk down the hallway and say, Hey, I need X, Y, Z, one, two, three as the boss, as the chief, I can have, I can have the clarity to sell it. Right. So I think a lot of those, um, I think a lot of those podcasts are, are, are very purposeful for that for me, but at the same time, and, and going back to that, the, the why of the, of the cool fireman podcast for me is sometimes there's no skin in the game when you guys tell me about the pulse of what's happening. I walk in the door in the firehouse and the guys are like, hey, chief, what's going on? What's happening or whatever. And if I ask them something, they're afraid of the white shirt. They're afraid to be right. totally blunt with me. And so what I feel like what I get is I get the bluntness and the lack of the filter, which is the beauty of this podcast. Right. So we, we know that all we have to do is change the patch on our shirt and we're still providing the same service, the fundamentals of how we do it and the processes. But the but the the culture. Right. And the and the realities of how things are working are systematically the same. So it helps me just to kind of get a feel and, and, and some information from firemen, right? Like that are out doing the work that I'm responsible for in my ring, right? And sometimes I don't always get from, from my people, so. Well, you know, there's the one thing that I, that I really uh, uh, liked what you said there was like, don't ask me why on scene, ask me why later. And I, I people can comment or, 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 or reach out to us or whatever. I don't remember who said it, but the quote, and I'm probably going to butcher the quote, but it's information held is information lost. Like mm -hmm. information is not a commodity that you're supposed to collect. It's something that you are supposed to pass on. And that is something that I personally am very uh, interested in, passionate about whatever you want to say. Like there's no reason 
that somebody should ever be threatened by somebody else trying to learn. Sure. Because I... if, if you are um, comfortable in your skin, if you gather that knowledge and you apply it appropriately um, and you help others out, then you succeed as a team. If you're somebody who's trying to operate as an individual within a team, that whole team ends up going in five different directions. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's productive. I think his concern at that moment and, and me being a young person now looking back, I think his concern in that moment was service delivery, right? When you ask in the why, there's not oh, time Brunicini, for that. Huh? Yeah, there was not time for that. But at the same time, if, if uh, looking back on it, I think if we would have done, if he would have done his job better, if I do my job better now, then there's no reason to ask why. Right. It's a much well better run organization. It's a much better run, um, you know, service delivery and the customer reaps the benefit. The the crew reaps the better benefit. We um, reap a better benefit because we're more efficient. Right. So yeah. the end goal is we provide customer service to the citizen and then we turn around and get back to the firehouse to do all the other things that are taking up our time that we need to get done that we don't have enough people to do. Right. Like that's the end result. I don't care what ring you're in. You don't have enough people to get it done. There's always more time for training. There's always more work and prevention, and there's never enough people in operations. And that's the reality of it, right? So when we when we provide that clarity and we invest our time like we need to, then we're able to be able to to have a better turnaround all the way around. For sure. So your your logo um, on all your socials is is pretty sharp logo. Let's be serious here. Yep, right on your head there. Uh, but there's three words. Three words that are right underneath it: faith, yeah. family, food, and and I have a feeling that that the order of those is not by mistake, at not all. all. And the the choice of those three um, words, I don't think is is by accident either. So um, maybe uh, expand a little bit on on why faith, family, and food in that order is uh, is something that's that's important to you. Yeah. So faith, family and food. The reason why we cho chose those words was because they are they are they are our priorities in and they put them in in, in order for that reason. Uh, some folks pick words of the year. My word for 2024 is focus. And so literally I want to focus on those three things and in that order. Right. Because that's what that's what happens. A very good friend of mine that um, very early on in the fire service um, committed suicide. And, and he and I had several conversations about um, his faith. He was a, a very open atheist. And so what I found was he was very angry most times. We would go to traumatic calls together, codes, kid-related calls, and he would come back and he was very angry about it. And I, I, mm -hmm. I have to share kind of my perspective of an initial response. My very first ever code that I went to my volunteer department. We still to this day do not run medical calls, but my very first call as an EMT, as a credentialed EMT working a code, it was a, it was an African-American family and it was very dramatic out in the yard after they called it. Right. And so we're on the truck, we go back to the firehouse and there was silence. There was silence on the way back. There was silence while we were washing and wiping down the truck while we did the report. And so it was early in the morning, about seven o'clock. So by the time all this was done, we had done shift change at eight. In fact, it was passed. And I grabbed my stuff and I went home. And I can remember riding on the way home and thinking to myself, God, why did he die? Like, I did everything that I was trained to do and he still died. And I can remember it was like God picked up something and hit me upside the, the head, a two by four, old hacksaw Jim Duggan style and said, hey, oh, dummy, oh, oh, you don't get to decide, dummy. I do. You are only a tool. And I look back, right, at, at my own personal circumstances and not as traumatic, right, as that moment, but growing up in a household where stability was never present, right? I listened to Doug's story in his past, right? I, I don't drink uh, because of things that happened in my family's past and things of that nature. And so for me, the times that I struggled the most was the time that my faith held me up, held me there. And secondly, was my family. My family was and is and always will be there, right? 
And the same thing with food. Food is what brings us all together, right? Think about it, whether it's a big supper on the lawn at church, or whether it's Christmas or Thanksgiving, all of those things. And so when you look at that and the whole purpose of doing content creation and social media influences, the why of why I said yes to Adam was because, well, he's a cool guy, right? And those are really cool things. Agreed. Agreed. He's a very cool guy. But the plus side of that is what's any different than the fire department, right? I've dedicated uh, just shy of 30 years to it. And so when I look at that, those are the foundational things that have gotten me through that. So whether it's my personal life or emergency services, faith, family, and food are, are what help keep me focused, right? And so those are very, very important, and they're important in that order. I feel like that was a homily. That was really good. Yeah, that was. Wow. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wow. You that know, was, and those and, and I that think that those Amen. those those three words without uh, being like disrespectful to it, but. You can apply those to the yeah. fire department. You know, yeah. you can, you, when you're there, you have to have faith in yes. each other that, you know, I'm, I'm going to run into this building and you're going to be behind me and you're going to be looking while I'm doing this. Yeah. Uh, you know, we treat each other as a family and, and realistically outside of the training ground, the one place that we do all gather is around the kitchen table yeah. for food. That is something that is very important within the fire service outside of the normal operations. So uh, the the faith family food is such a powerful uh, mantra. And, and I love the focus. There, there are things that I think we all need to focus on uh, um, you know, throughout the year or, or, or even just, you know, there's, there's that saying, you know, how do you, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a one, time. One, one bite, bite at a time. time. You know, so, if you're out there and and you're thinking, man, it's it's uh, January 20th and I had all these goals uh, for the year. I wanted to work out more. I wanted to eat less um, gluten. I wanted to drink less alcohol or whatever. Like, don't don't do that to yourself. Don't set yourself up for a 365 day struggle. Mm. Say, hey, this week I want to try and not drink pop this week. Yeah. And if you wow. make it a whole week man, all right, I'm going to try for two weeks. And you know what? If you slip and you struggle or you miss a day working out, don't, don't beat yourself yourself over it. Yeah. Yeah, Don't beat yourself up. Like, Hey man, stuff happens. I I told myself and I set myself up horribly. I said right at the beginning of the year, I want to do at least a 30 to 45 minute workout every single day, every single day. And you know, for the first 10 days, I killed it every day. I was hitting something and then busy at work kids things, all that stuff. And then all of a sudden I started getting down on myself. I'm like, man, two days in a row, I missed it. And it's like, all right, like it's not the end of the world. If I miss a day, you know, got a good workout in last night at work and you you feel better. It's, it's, it's all about, I guess, moderation too. Don't go too moderation. Don't go crazy on this side and don't go crazy on this side. That word's applicable in most things in your life. Yeah. You got to have it, right? You got to have it. And I think I think looking at things as far as their return on investment, right? Like our ROI, we, the whole reason why it's a struggle for y'all to get together is because you look at things in your life and you say, what is, what is the return on my investment? Because if you're sitting here, you're not spending time with your family, yeah. right? And so you're, you're, you're kind of making it a priority. And so everything that we do, we have to have it bring relevancy. And that's kind of, that, that was part of the reason why I got into content creation was my son. Uh, I think he's on Doug's live. Or he, he was, may, yeah, he was, he, I can say he may or may not. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he still is or not. I don't know how to keep track of it. <laughs> but one of the things was he really wants to do that. And so, um, you know, me, I, I started it bored in COVID, right? Like when I couldn't go out to, to eat. Was, yeah. yeah. And like, so I just started creating content and, um, I didn't mind the gift of gab. And so I decided to do it and I put it out there. And next thing you know, the algorithm picked me up and there we went. And so it literally it happened, but to keep it going, like I was literally telling someone else I, and, and God, I don't know how Nick does it. Let me just say that. Right. Like, yeah, it we, is. We, yeah. Y'all talk about it all the time, but like, oh, yes, is, we talk about it all the time and it's, it, it even not even on the podcast, we talk about it in our group chat. It is a full time job for him 
for how much he has to put out for various reasons. And we the give wife- we give him a lot of shit, you know, hashtag where's Nick and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And, and realistically, though, he's he's got his two volley departments. He's got his uh, uh, main department. He's got two kids. One of them's like a year, like a year old yeah. in diapers and you know, one on like, the way. Yeah, he's it, there's so much going on in his life and he's such a good sport. I mean, this isn't a uh, uh, kiss up to Nick podcast here, but like. He's such a good sport about us giving him crap, and we understand he's busy, but we're also not going to let him get away with shit. No. <laughs> well, well it, it, what I was what the, the relevancy of that of that comment was last night. I was out with friends, and I have a really huge supporter one one cheerleader, and I happen to see him out. He's a retired cop here, and so whenever I'm selling something, whenever I'm pushing content out, he shares my stuff. He he does all this other stuff, and he, so he's a huge fan. And I really appreciate it. And so his wife and I know each other from some of the work that we do in the prevention world. Um, she runs or did run a child advocacy center. We were on the child fatality review team, all that other stuff. But anyway, so we're sitting there chatting last night, just so having to run into each other. And we were talking and we really hadn't talked about content creation and how it works and, and all this other stuff. And the thing that I told him is I said, it's so hard for me because and, and, and Freddie, you probably know this. You can come up with recipes, but for me now, nobody wants to see the same thing twice. That's right? exactly where I am. That's and, exactly and like, where I am. You know, I have this griddle, and I have this smoker, and I have this, and I have that. Like for example, let me give let me let me give this example. In my community, they don't sell bratwurst patties, right? So I saw a video where Heath Riles made a bratwurst patty. And so I was like, cool, that's, I'm going to do my own spin on it, right? Like, hey, copycat, Heath Rowles, Patty. And so I cross-posted in groups, and you would have thought I crucified the Midwest, right? Like, <laughs> up your way. They're like, oh, you can just go down to Kroger and buy that. And I was like, whoa, I can't buy it here, right? right. Like, yeah. don't, don't hate on me. I can't, I can't do that. Um, but something that simple of like, hey, I'm just, I'm just trying something new because I've never had it before. And I didn't think I could make it. And for the whole rest of the East Coast that can't buy it that way, who'd have thought that that we that we could have made that? I mean, I posted a video of cooking hot dogs on my griddle for my wife's second grade. Adam's shaking his head. I think he remembers when I posted this. And the amount of hate comments <laughs> that I got. Oh, those aren't in a row. You didn't wash them first. Those aren't cooked Wash enough. Them. Yeah, who the like hell washes really... a hot dog? <laughs> exactly. I was like, who I heard you're supposed chicken? to. Exactly. I heard you're supposed to save your hot dog <laughs> water because it just gets better should... and better. So you should have told Nick to do. You should have told Nick to do that for his punishment too. Make sure you wash the chicken before you. Oh cook it. my god! You gotta wash chicken. Gosh dang it! I was like, are you kidding me? And so, you know, again, going back to the reason for that is I want my son to be able to see this, to understand that the world is a cruel place, right? You can't even cook yeah. hot dogs for some second graders without being crucified on everything that you do. So, and and being able to tuck and roll with it, right? Like, so whether it's responding to an emergency or cooking hot dogs, there's going to be a million critics in this world who think that you do it wrong, but you got to get up wipe your britches off and just keep rolling right like in everything that you do but make sure that in all of this craziness of life that it has value and that it brings back right to the purpose of it of, of what really matters hey uh freddie i got a little comment from colt here yeah uh, Matt, matt's buddy out there in california he said uh go lions that's coming from a vikings fan heck yeah whoa and he well, also right. banged out well, two and a half thousand likes. Now he's got to go. Yes. <laughs> His thumb hurts. You know, no, you know, no, no, no. Like a Colt is, Colt's the guy that, that sent us the message. I don't know. I can't remember. I think oh, it was yeah. through an email. And he said, hey, oh, no, 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 no. It wasn't an email. It was through YouTube. It was uh, the YouTube video post that we did or whatever. And um, he, uh, yeah, he, that's where I recognize his name because he said that he lives, you know, he lives a little north of me. But anyway, he's a big fan. So he's going to listen to this. You know, Brian, you were saying like with the uh, how many times can you make one recipe and post it or whatever? Yeah, that the other thing that I run into is, is I have two very busy children and Mm -hmm. a lot of times uh, I only have, you know, 45 minutes maybe to get dinner made and 
on the table and eaten. And, you know, Matt, Unky, Brian, Doug, you do a little bit of cooking, but it's not your main content. No, like, yeah, I, I don't. It, it does not. It When you try and film. I like to eat. <laughs> when you try and film for content, like a, it's, it's like a two and a half hour process, yeah. I feel like. And that's just making the food. And that's why there's a lot of times that, you know, like I'm like, all right, you know, this would probably be a good one to make content for. And I look and I'm like, I've, I've got like an hour and 10 minutes to be able to get it done, get them fed and get out the door. And I'm like, there's, there, I can't, it's not going to happen. And so unfortunately for myself, I've fallen off with the content creation a little bit. And, and part of that is I can't film on duty at my new yeah. department. That's where I made 90% of my uh, uh, content before, because I, you know, I'm on shift. I'm not going anywhere. We have to eat. That's I cooked what started Nick's. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. And uh, it, it, I mean, it is what it is. There's guys at work that kind of give me crap. They're like, dude, you should just film and post it and, and ask for forgiveness. And I was like, mm. no, like, no. I'm not going to do that. It's not the type of person that I am. I'm sure there are people out there that are like that and be like, oh, oh sorry, I won't do it again. But that's just, it's, that's not my character. Yeah. Uh, and so right now I'm just going to ride out the lull of, of content, you know, and, and if we have in the next, you know, I think it's like four years and some change that our chief, uh, is going to retire, you know, like maybe in a few years I could go back to it. I don't know. It, it is what it is, but I find myself having to, to kind of pick. <clears throat> so if I do a repeat that the family really likes, mm-hmm. I'll try to go live during those because I, I can't re. I don't want to recreate the content, but I do want to recreate the meal. So right. How I, many times can I post chicken pot pie with biscuits? Like, right. Right. Which was delicious, family, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but if the family loves it, right, it's an opportunity. And that's kind of where I'm at. Right. Like, and I, again, was telling the guy last night, that's the struggle. I picked up the majority of my followers when I was into algorithm and I was doing lives. Like you said, it's a two hour process. You got to go out, you got to set up like three tripods and, you know, you're trying to do all this other stuff. And so now, like for me with the craziness, I got a 16 year old, a 13 year old running my own business, not this, but another business. And then, you know, president of the Fire Marshal Association, all this other stuff. It's like, I just don't have time for that. I don't have time to do Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. So let alone add any more to it. So on the nights that I have the 45 minutes, I'll stream live and what that does, what I've learned about, especially on TikTok, is that will push my content during the live. I may only have seven or eight people, right? But what it does do is it at least pushes the content out so that way people can see stuff. And that's kind of the benefit to it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Unc, how did you and how did you and Brian get hooked up? Speaking of lives. Yeah. <clears throat> Again, at work. I don't want to make sure the calls don't go out. Um, <laughs> how we met? Just just scrolling on uh, TikTok. Um, saw him doing um, working on the griddle, and I was looking at. I was in the market to get me a griddle it myself, and I just started watching him. Then I found out that he was a firefighter, and we just kind of just start talking from there, and it just blossomed into wonderful friendship. It has. It has. Yeah. And it, it, it's it's funny how much <clears throat> realistically has brought us all together. And you, you hate to give it credit, but you can't help but give it credit. And yeah, it sounds so silly if you tell somebody like, oh, you know, how, how'd you meet Unky? You know, like because I say all the time, like I I, I tell anybody I can tell <clears throat> Unky, you know, and, and I'm not saying it to butter your toast, but I tell everybody like, hey, man, like, dude, get this dude stuff. Like, it's great. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's my really good buddy Unky. he makes seasonings da 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 and yeah. they're like oh man how'd you meet him like whatever and i'm like tiktok tiktok like yeah. and people are like what you met him on uh, tiktok TikTok's, yeah yep. tiktok stopped freddy when he's about 10k yeah I, yeah we started talking we talked about mental health for a little bit probably we did and we used <laughs> to do we par, over. par checks over each other yeah yeah it's a good yeah. thing and and I remember when Adam messaged me the first time and said, Hey, I I, I love your stuff. Um, I I run a seasoning company. I'm a firefighter out of Virginia. Can I send you stuff? And I was like, 
Yeah, that would that would actually be pretty cool. Like, you know, that's kind of Brian's kinda, like, I've made it. I've made it. People are gonna send me free things. And so um it's more so of I a burden. Like, yeah. Let's just be serious. It's more of a burden. <laughs> it is. At some point it begins that way, right? Like when you start getting stuff from overseas, my inbox every day in TikTok shop. Hey, we oh, want you to promote female sweet. leggings. You don't want to see this in that. Okay. I want you to know, do female leggings. You know how many <laughs> of those video. ear cleaner things yes, I've been asked? To, yes, I don't yes. want it. Yeah. So I, when he messaged me, what was that? Probably two and a half years ago now, Adam, maybe three. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'd love to do that. And so we pushed the content. And I kid you not, as soon as I started making content for Adam, I started getting other companies who were like, hey, oh. we see that you're promoting this content. Would you Would you be interested in doing it? Another one is, uh, and this was this was private folks, Randy's Rubs out of Texas, a very good friend of mine. And I remember having that conversation Sounds with dirty. Adam. It, it, it does. But we, I texted Adam <laughs> and I was like. Rubbing tongue. Randy's rubbing tongue. Randy's rubbing Texas. So Special I sent, seasoning. I sent Adam a text and I remember like, I felt a little guilty. I was like, hey, is is do you mind if I like promote this other guy's seasoning? And he was like. <laughs> Dude, I you know how many people that I text and I interact with that own other seasoning companies? So there's the market is big enough, right? It's like saying, mm -hmm. hey, Chevy, I know you make trucks, but would you mind not making any more because I want to corner the market? Like that, that's not how it works. So I had to put my bigger picture hat on. And and so, you know, but I have been very selective in with people that I work with. And so, you know. Like when we did the collaboration a couple months back, it that was that was pretty special. Yeah. And like and, I tell all you guys, I was like, I just appreciate to be a part of your platform. Yeah, I uh, thank y'all for it. I and feel it, it dirty. Little, I feel yeah. dirty if I use anything other than I literally feel like I'm cheating on you. It 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 puts a pit in my stomach, and I know you've said it a million times. Like I use other. You're like, dude, I use other stuff than my stuff. Or what yeah. like, and it just—I don't know why. I—I I feel so, uh, uh, connected and like I don't know, devoted to to Unky seasonings that like if I'm using something, I'm like, oh, this doesn't feel. I'm not gonna make a video using somebody else's shit. Like, and, and realistically, my family enjoys the Unky seasoning so much that that that's what we use, and Unky, my family enjoys the seasoning so much. My son's podcast class in middle school. Uh, he, my son has a, a class on podcasting. He he's learning how to do it and whatever. Mm. They had to make up their own one, and and the one he chose to do was taking uh, players' Madden rating and comparing it to like real life and whether or not they thought it was uh, accurate. And they had to include a sponsor, whether it was fake or something like that. They said you could do whatever, and. Parker asked for Adam's number and he texted him and he put Unky in three episodes of his podcast, like uh, an ad for him. It was amazing. Yeah, I helped him write a commercial for it. For one of them. <laughs> Chat GBT to the win. That's what it was. Park literally yeah. said the first thing I thought about was using Unky seasoning as a product. So bring it back. Like, yeah, I don't mind, you know, all y'all. Thank y'all for being on your platform. But I did put my hammer down on, I was like, but yeah, we're doing a collab. Uh, you can't get no other seasons made with anybody else. You're with me. I put my foot down on that part. And that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. And I like it, you know, and I, I when we first started talking and uh, in general and part of that platform change, I wanted, and it goes back to the faith, family and food. And specifically the family and the concept, I love supporting small business. So one of the things that I had recently just done, and when I say small business, preferably emergency services businesses first, but then the second part of that was um, small businesses as a whole. So when I went to um, the North Carolina State Fair um, back in October, I met some folks from Got To Be NC, which I don't know if you guys have Department of Ags in your states. But we hooked up with some folks as as I was talking to a guy from Tidewater Grain Company. They grow rice in North Carolina. You think a lot of rice is imported, and it is, but it was made here um, from Tidewater, Virginia, all the way down to South Carolina originally. And so they re 
um, started growing these grains because they loved to duck hunt. And one of the things that ducks love to eat is rice. And so they brought it in and I'm striking up this conversation and I'm like, Hey, I do content creation and I really love to support North Carolina small based businesses. And the guy's like, did you say you were a firefighter? And I was like, yeah, he's like, I'm, I, I retired as a firefighter from Fayetteville, North Carolina. I was like, Hey, do you know, Nick? And so we get to talking and we're chatting and all these things are, are, are chiming in and, you know, being the fire marshal, he was like, Oh, you, so you, you're a fire marshal now. And I was like, yeah, he's like, I was out on the the Hamlet fire. And if you're not from North Carolina, you probably don't know anything about that. But in the mid eighties, six people died in a factory fire in Hamlet, North Carolina, a chicken processing plant, which brought about fire codes as a whole, who would have known me walking around trying to have a conversation with small business about content creation would lead me to a guy that worked at the fire in the reason why I have my job every day that That's I go to wild. Work. Yeah. And I was like, Whoa. And, and I know you guys talk about the tight circle and what brings people together and whether it's TikTok or whatever, and not that this guy's on TikTok, but just the conversation of the relationship with Adam and everything else that gave me a purpose to introduce myself to somebody in the middle of an arena at a state fair and, and to be able to tell his story. And so um, with that, like I said, I met the people from the Department of Ag and I got um, approved, I guess. And I, I haven't even announced it on my social media channels, but I got approved to be um, breaking news, breaking news. Uh, I got approved to be one of the exclusive um, exclusive creators for Got to Be NC. So um, oh, that's fun. Yeah. So, uh, one of the things like it doesn't, no perks, right? Like I'm not, I'm not breaking the bank here, um, on money or anything like that. They don't pay me for it, but it allows me to be part of that network. So when I go and talk to folks, I can say, Hey, I'm invested in North Carolina based agriculture in North Carolina based small business. Um, and so I want to be part of telling your story in 60 seconds or less, right? Cause that's what social media platforms are. So I want to go out there and I want to share it and uh, kind of create that content around it. And again, it goes back to faith, family and food. So whether it's telling their family story of how their farm got created um, and bringing it together via food, that's kind of the that's kind of the why of it. So pretty cool. But I'm glad Adam's along on the ride, too, because he's he's usually incorporated in most meals and most stories that we put out. So he ain't never turned a meal down. We love Unky. How can you not love Unky? Let's be serious. Yeah, oh, I love Brian so much. I mean, I'll, we do daily. I try, I, we do almost daily check-ins. I mean, you think we, as the podcast, talk a lot. Me and Brian are always talking. It's just family, faith, what's going on in your life, and then it's business. It's like almost like every day has its own topic, and it yeah. just dive into it. My family yeah. has referred to Adam as my girlfriend. Just to be clear, <laughs> he's a mighty, mighty not, hairy girlfriend. Not Uncle well, Adam. Yeah. It's Dad's girlfriend. <clears throat> <laughs> it, it, it is literally is oh, Dad's outside talking to his girlfriend on the phone. It's like, well, yeah. you know, everybody we needs file that. On, we got a file on Notepad. It says uh, East Coast Kelly's and Unky's love notes. It's just <laughs> back and forth little love notes that we take. I love it. I love it. I, I'm going down for a whole week in his neck of the woods this this summer. We'll spend vacation, and we're not. And he's and he's not going to be in town. Dang oh. It. oh no. Well, Nick I'm will be. Sorry, nearby. Nick will be there. Presidential duties that week. You I put, put all the babies in a playpen and just let them. Speaking yeah. of speaking like, of presidential duties, I just sent a picture of the screen to Joe Harvey. He said to tell you hello. I said, look who oh, we were talking to this man. week. He said, Joe that's cool, Harvey. man. Tell him I said hello. Joe Harvey and I go way back yeah. to the NFA, National Fire Academy, doing some fire investigation classes. He was the only guy that I knew. In fact, I gave him crap because we were riding in a Chesterfield County um, expedition at the time. And there was like a shotgun in the car, 12 lead, fire investigation gear, and a radar. And I said to Joe, <laughs> I said, I said, Joe. How do you ever work for all the con ed that you're in? And he just laughed. And because I mean, in that county, the fire marshals are sworn law enforcement, paramedics, firefighters, and fire investigators. And I was like, dude, well, I ain't got nowhere to sit in this thing. Like, I can't even do it. So, anyways, but his partner, I think I may have told you the story, Doug. I can't remember. But Joe's partner, who was in that class, 
literally um, went home. We had a we had a cold case that we had to investigate as part of this class. It was interview and interrogation and courtroom testimony. We had to prep for it. And so they got the cold case. They were close enough to home. They drove back from Emmitsburg, Maryland for that weekend. And they recreated um, a fire using a push lawn mower, wax paper, and he dang near about caught his push mower on fire just for the class <laughs> <laughs> doing it. But if you want to burn your garage down, you figure out how to do Here's it. Here's how those you methods. do it. Here's how you do it. But uh, we won the case. That was pretty cool. But Joe's good people. Joe's real good people. Joe's the, as good as they come in, in this neck of the woods. And that just speaks to the small world, right? Like, I remember when you and I had connected about that. And not only that, I'm going to give a shout out to a young guy. I say young shout guy. Out. He's probably our age who also works with you. I think I've mentioned it. His name is Eric Graziano. So mm -hmm. uh, he's in the fire marshal's office. Yes. Just recently came off of shift work. I taught yep. him his inspector down here. And so he was trying to get me to, um, I think I wrote a letter of recommendation for him. And so, um, but yeah, he had, he started working down here, then moved back home up that way and then got into the fire marshal's office. So yeah. Talk about small world. Like, you know. yeah. Little grazie. Little Mario. Yeah. It's little a Mario. Mario. It's a little Mario. Matt, so. you look like you wanted to jump in there. No, I, I was, I just was, uh, admiring Doug's, uh, coffee mug coffee mug it says i love seattle on it is that what i'm reading <laughs> what i can't hear what you're saying you're, you're on oh sorry this is my wife's yeti oh oh it says oh. love seattle I, i'm and going up orange to... county no it says yeah it says love seattle yeah seattle's a special place yeah <laughs> she just grabs stickers everywhere she goes um for work and sticks them on this humongous yeah, yeti he's and... talking as a 49er fan he hates i lost i lost my There's... big my big water jug which i just got back and washed yesterday so in 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 the meantime, I've been using hers. <laughs> I'm going to be forced to hold this dog. Like I've been, so, I've been literally trying to pacify him. Look at him. He just like puts his head down. Just got a question on the live about what we thought about the Portsmouth car fire the other day. So I'm going to answer that. Go for it. The one that Unky uh, sent us yesterday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, go for yeah. it. Because I was going to, I was going to do a turnout drill with, uh, we didn't, with Ryan. We, we didn't really talk about that, that video on the okay. text thread. It kind of just ended. And I was like, are they thinking what I'm thinking? I mean, yeah, I, I just any, I don't know. I just told him, and we'll probably discuss it on here. Send it to to Brian, then we'll we can talk. I mean, dude, woo, yeah, that was interesting. Okay, yeah, send it because I I haven't seen it. Bullshit, bullshit. What was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, uh, Brian, uh, you were talking about your buddy uh, and how he has a shotgun and investigator gear and turnouts and I'm and a a big beep. I'm like. I'm trying to find a way to come to the East Coast. You know, my cardiologist yeah, is uh, is imploring me to get off of the floor, which is very interesting. Um, Texas thinks yeah, they've got yeah, cowboys, but come to the East Coast. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, uh, that sounds pretty uh, fantastic to me. I'll have to I, just to be clear, we do not. We do not have that level of certification and training. So, right. Here comes your kid. Yeah, there's my oldest Preston. He's coming to get the dog. I told him, I said, please come get him. So that's the one who's aspiring, aspiring future podcaster, sports commentator. Awesome. Everything. Yeah, yeah, right, very good. Did you get ball that player? Yeah, Doug. He needs some. He needs some coaching tips. He's he's the ball player. So I got you, no doubt. Oh. All right. Did I get sent the link? So the link that we're talking about, the video that we're talking about, because we're not going to have it up on anything where anybody can see it. Um, I mean, I could show it on my phone right now, but it's not going to show very well. Yeah, no, it's just a vehicle No, that's fire. not going to do it. It's a vehicle fire, and I think there was just bystanders. I only watched it once because I kind of... Yeah, there's police, there's police there in the back end. It's like a Tahoe or Suburban. It looks like a Suburban. And the back end yeah. of it's on fire. Yeah. And uh, enough to where the tires have blown out and completely melted away. And I'm it sure came in. It came I'm in sure with a title, right? The title yeah, it says, says "Trucks on Fire" with the unresponsive individual. Yeah, unresponsive hmm. individual. Yeah, so I mean, it, it looks like the gas tanks involved um, at this point because it's burning so fast. And now they just busted the window out, and hmm. there's obviously the like incipient uh, gray smoke coming out. Yeah. They who? Uh, it, it looks like a police officer, somebody. It's, the it's, it's Sorry. a lot of cops. It, what it looks like to me. Was, There's a it, well, first unit just pulled up a chase because there was a either a chase or a right side headquarters. Yeah. There's a lot of cops around there. Yeah, I, I got you. 
lot of my investigative world. I apologize. I'll ask a lot of questions because that's just the, the hat that I wear. In so, P town, they're yelling at him, and now he's sticking his head up, out the window. So the, the unresponsive guy is now responsive, right? Like, yeah. I mean, the fire yeah, just see, keeps getting worse and worse in the rear yes. part of the vehicle. Yes, and it's starting to creep up into the yes. passenger compartment. And he's finally sticking his arm and his head out the window. It's the cat, over his the head. That, There's the fire that over that, his head. Yeah, the guy that asked the question just said, police make great flow pass. And we can all confirm that is true. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ask me, two shift days ago, on a structure, fire, structure dispatch, a uh, thermostat ended up burning up in the wall or whatever. Both of our fire marshals there couldn't figure out what happened either. That was a weird one. But anyway, a cop said, hey, man, look, if we get here before you do, what what do you want me to do? I said, get well, don't break. Unless somebody's hanging out of a window or, or beating on the window or you know somebody's inside, don't make any more holes in the house. And if the door is open, shut it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. cool. No doubt. Hey, I'm just impressed that they actually asked you. Hey, Nick's making breakfast at the fire station. Nice. It's 12 o'clock. He already made it. He posted a drill 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Okay. So Okie. what's the question? What's the question for me? You said you're going to do a turnout drill on it. What's 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 my question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Based off yeah. of that finding of facts. Oh no, that's different. What? Well, yeah. Oh. What? The video. I was going to do a turn our our turnout drill that we do that we haven't done in a while. But, but. even once yeah. the firefighters get there, why don't they get the guy out of the vehicle? I don't. Understand do they not that. know? I was, They're stretching hose. They absolutely <laughs> know. There's no way that they don't know. Yeah. They're more worried. They're more like focused on putting that fire out than saving. Where's the, the guy's guy. jacket at? Dude. I'm thinking. It's, I'm, I mean, we're it's all Monday. This is all Monday morning quarterbacking. We don't I was know what's said yes. on dispatch. Uh, probably the police dispatcher knows there's a person in it. The fire dispatcher doesn't know that. And yeah. way it looks like to me, in Portsmouth, they they're only riding three on the truck, so the driver's busy. Now, granted, the driver can join, but this is the very beginning of it before the video cuts off. And it looks like the guy without the turnout jacket is the officer. Because then you got a guy, shiny brand new gear, skinny, just kind of just standing there, you know, like not even touching the hose line. And the guy without the turnout jacket is doing stuff. So it looks like a brand new rookie round, rookie school, just, you know. Mm. But we talked about it at the firehouse this morning. It was more of a, you know, the driver can join. Captain needs the, if he sees it, because he way he was acting, looked like he didn't see it. And when they, when they start spraying the water, that's where the flames are coming over the guy's head. And uh, I mean, I don't know, man. It's fire, fire, the, our basic skill put the wet stuff on the hot stuff. Well, the new life, kids can do that. Life safety, property conservation. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. Incident mitigation. Like, well, and the other thing here, too, is comms, right? So, if it's a chase, we're now we're just speaking hypotheticals, right? Like, I oh, mean, yeah. that's, let's let, let's just throw this hypothetical yeah. situation out here and just say, the next two minutes is brought to you by Mysterious World. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> we're speaking in hypotheticals, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a it's a chase. So they're staged somewhere, right? They get called, they they arrive, they they now get the clearance. Hey, you can go in. They may have been staged for for who knows what. But at the same time, they may not, they may be waiting to told, be told that they can clear. And part of that is the delay, right? The delay in a comm center, right? Like mm -hmm. we had rules for the longest time, even when multiple agencies were in the same room because of a failure, because there was an assumption that somebody was telling somebody or that they overheard, overheard they had to pick up the phone and call them in the same room. So that way it was recorded. Right. And so that is the craziness that is that. So there may have been a policy that said, hey, if you're working fire dispatch and you're working police dispatch and you get the all clear, you have to literally pick up the phone, make contact with the with the fire dispatch and say, we got an all clear. Mm -hmm. And then we got to get that unit on the radio. What channel are they on? What ops channel? Oh, they're on ops three. OK. And so there's these delays that, man, like goes back to customer service. Right. Like so the policy of that, the after action of that is. When you get on those types of incidences, you have a common ops channel or an event channel that everyone's on and you don't talk until it's your turn to talk. Right. So if it's a primary PD event, once you hear it's all clear, you may get on the radio and say engine three copies moving up. Right. Like that's the whole thing. But if you stay in your silo, law stays in their silo, fire stays in their silo and EMS stays in their silo, who suffers because of that? Right? In the hypothetical mysterious world, the guy in the car. The person needing help. Yeah. 
that's what happens, right? And so that's why in my mind, the different type of white shirt that I am, been there, done that, we got to get it to where the people that need the information get the information, right? And so if that means that the post-incident critique on something like this says, hey, we need a common ops channel, and hey, Captain, we write a policy that's for the dumbest one, you don't say anything on a PD event until they give you the all clear, and it now becomes your role on that incident at that moment, right? Because up to that point, it's not, right? And that's the beauty of unified command, right? right? Like it's got to it's transfer that way. Yeah. We, we can we come have, out of mysterious world now. We have PD and fire department dispatch, so they do both. Yeah. But PD does have its own, um, has its own uh, tactical frequency, and then we are on a different tactical frequency. So the first thing I do is tell the guy that's sitting backwards, "Hey, turn on green one, dude." We have um, we have access to their tactical frequency because we can we take this Kletz class or something that allows us to listen to law enforcement um, frequencies. And so we gain a lot of stuff. We know if we're we're cleared to come in. We're I mean, if, how many patients there are in a TC because they're hauling ass. I mean, they don't have to get turned out to get to a TC, and it could be a big one, you know. And and we before we even get there, it says, "Hey, PD's you know saying we got three or four patients. So we can you know start another engine, get another ambulance coming like before we're even there. It's it's a huge you know deal that. So, so I got a question. Um, I've been listening to the podcast for a long time, and everybody um has different processes what the three that are listening adam stepped away i know he's a basic but for the three medics are your are your 911 centers do y'all emd your calls like on dispatch or our, do you say our dispatchers are just starting to emd but um if you were to come right along in my fire department for even one day you would realize that our our dispatch is primarily police dispatch yeah. We're yeah. kind of a secondary that our police officers have way more contacts than we do in our town. And so real, you know, like understandably the, the, our dispatchers are getting better at dispatching police. And so that's kind of been one of our things. I mean, I've been with the department for almost 12 years and, and it's just like, God, why, you know, the, like they just can't get fire right. And it's just because, you know, they just don't do it as much as they do PD, but they are starting to do EMD. Um, and I mean, do I think it's helping? I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I don't, I don't really know. Well, I, Doug, looked like you were going to say something. I'll, yeah. I'll we, we started using a system called pro QA mm-hmm. not long ago. And, uh, it's, it's really, it's more question asking, but it gets you a much better detailed dispatch for whether it be a chest pain, whether it's, is it cardiac chest pain? Is it traumatic chest pain? Is it, I've been coughing for three days and that's why my chest hurts. Mm-hmm. So you don't get that lights and sirens response for chest pain versus a, oh, I'm sick and I've been coughing for three days. Well, now I can take my time and get there and I can go, I don't need to disrupt traffic and that kind of thing. That's been really helpful for us. And do you priority dispatch? Yes. So, we, yes. We have okay. priority one and priority three. So well, when is, I say priority, is, I mean like, like your call oh, processing. So like your call press processing part of yes. that is- Yes. Hey, I'm having chest pain. Boom. That 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 six, yes. I six assume, card drops. Right. I assume so that they yes. That and they, then you, and then they're processing. Oh, hey, hey, my house trying. is on fire. Okay, well, this one that we need to hold on to the belly pain and we need to get working on this one. Well, yes and no. So what I'm saying is like on the on the EFD and the EMD side of this, what ends up happening is you'll priority dispatch. So hey, my house is on fire, right? So they're gonna drop a structural response. Right. And what that does is the beauty of that is that allows for the turnout time and the call processing time to overlap. Right. So you're on the way to the truck and they're still asking questions because if they were to if they were to wait and get all that information. Right. Then that delays that service. So, no, we don't do that. No, there you go. Okay, so those are are doing that. And the reason why I say that, Matt, is because if, if they haven't started going to that, that's the beauty of it. Right. And so while you're in route, the average response time, you know, the four to seven minute response time for a department that's fully paid or fully staffed, I should say, not paid, right? Because there are volley houses that are staffed. But when you do that, what ends up happening is, is you have a much more informed officer that arrives on scene than not, right? Like I can go back to one of my first fires that I ever investigated and I pulled the 911 tape, right? Which again, being an investigator, we get that, that realm, that bit of information that a lot of frontline firefighters don't get, right? Like you don't get that on that structural response. And I can remember initially on some of the first ones, like there was, there was a lack of critical information being not being relayed 
on it because of how that information was not transferred. And the dispatch world has greatly improved our efficiencies on scene, right? By learning the ability to, for the, I call them the true, true first responders, right? So like they are getting that information, they're sharing it, they're giving life-saving measures. And then they're putting that information out for, for us to have. So that way we can make tactical decisions prior to arrival, right? Like that is, that is, that is huge, right? Like an exposure question, right? Hey, you got a vehicle fire. Well, if they drop a single engine response and they never ask the question, how close is it, right? Or is it in a parking deck or, you know, whatever, are you going to change your organizational response or heck, even if it's not in policy, are you going to change your decision as a, as a right seat captain based off yep. of what happens, yeah. right? Yeah. That information. We, we, we went on, we were all verbal for the longest time and now it's obviously computer and we, all of our comments come through in text now. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, of course you can, you'll get a live person if you keep up and talk to them. But like you said, with that continuing flow of information coming in, the last fire I went to, uh, riding the right seat was an apartment complex. And once PD marked on, they had a comment that said, Hey, there's fire through the roof the comment popped up on the computer. Well, that keys in me because it's constantly being updated. Yeah. Hey, look, I need a second alarm because I'm going to have, we're going to be in rescue mode. I've got a lot more stuff to do. I need a lot more hands. Sure. Because police you're getting is, that, you're, you're getting that on the way. Police is requesting to step it up. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks. They're all parked in front of the building and they want oh, you to hurry up. Oh, okay. I'll drive faster than code. Okay. Yeah. It's two 30 in the morning. Like there's nobody on the road. I, I can't get there, but so much faster. All right, Brian, here all we go. Good stuff. We're you're gonna you're gonna get a turnout drill here. All right. All right. All right. Wrapping it up. So I need you seconds. to pick pick a number one. You're gonna do this three times. Pick a number one through twenty-five. Sixteen. Sixteen. That's my volley house number. So. All right. Who is the golf? most influential person in your life? Oh man. Um that's a hard one. Um because every all the influential people have been influential for different reasons. Um, I don't know that I have one necessarily that I could narrow down. If I, if I could say, uh, you know, fire service, definitely not one that I could narrow down. Like, like, you know, just, just because like I've, I've learned to pick up tidbits all along the way. Yeah. Um, when it comes to family, it definitely has to be my grandfather uh, on my, on the Kelly side. Uh, just, you know, just an amazing man who, who sacrificed a lot for us growing up. Um, if it had to be, um, oh gosh, when it comes to the faith aspect, it has to be my father-in-law. You know, he's a very good mentor to me. So my dad lives away. Uh, my father-in-law lives here in a real quick story. I came home after coming off shift work and was working eight hours and he very calmly, as I sat there and fussed about my fire chief at the time for about 30 minutes, uh, very calmly put down his fork at the dinner table and said, uh, Brian, are you in the meetings that your chief is in? And I said, no. And he said, so why are you complaining about the decision he makes? And very calm and very, <sighs> yeah, mind blowing moment for me. And so. Uh, hey, I just wanted to vent. I'm not here for your knowledge. <laughs> I'm not here for the kick in the shorts. Thanks, Rick. But uh, no, he is. He is an, an amazing mentor to me. I've never uh, in the 20 some years that I've been around him. I've never seen him raise his voice. I've never seen him. Uh, I've seen him frustrated, but I've never mm -hmm. seen him angry, if that makes sense. And uh, awesome. yeah, very, very. Uh, commendable man. And so again, I, I think I can go to every one of the different categories of my life and find somebody that would have been a mentor. So for me to say the most influential, I can't pick one. All right. Give me another number. Uh, let's go 13. That's my son's favorite number. My oldest 13. What was your favorite subject in school? Had to be science. Cause I fought with everything. <laughs> Nerd alert. <laughs> nerd, nerd, nerd alert. But the but the why of that is because I wanted to know the why of things, right? I hated English. Um, I loved history, um, but I didn't have the capacity to read it, right? I'm just undiagnosed ADHD. And so the part of it for me was I wanted to know the science of it. And the beauty of that was I had to do it by using my hands. And so that was the thing. There was lab time. So that's why I said science has got to be the my favorite. Math last. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me another one. 
Uh, let's go. Oh, I can't use my youngest because this is 99, 99. So you said one through 25. Yep. Let's do five. Five. Ooh, this is a good one. We we like this question. Oh, Jackson one. said one. Can I change it? My son is in the other room. He said we'll one. Do let's both. do both. We're doing we'll both. Do both. Okay. All right. So here, we're going to do number one first. What's your go-to recipe? Oh, gosh. Go-to recipe has to be smash burgers. My whole family loves it, and I can't go wrong. Beautiful. I would have guessed that for you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Number five. Last question. All right. One per- and we love this one. One person, dead or alive, that you'd love to have lunch with. Man, I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. You and picked I know I'm it. Go- I know. I know. I know. Uh, it's definitely going to have to be Jesus when I get to heaven. Yep. A lot of questions, right? Like, and that's the whole that's the whole point of faith, right? Is is going through life and not questioning the why, and knowing that as a Christian you'll have the chance to answer the questions of life because if you do it now all it does is eat at you right mm-hmm. and i say that as a guy that struggles with tossing and turning at two o'clock in the morning about all the things i need to get done but right. never questioning the why of why things happen in life i mean because i know that god's timing is perfect in all things and i kind of adam and i have have gone back and forth uh about that and so it is it is hard for us I don't care who you are. And, I, and I'm not talking fire service. If you're a non-fire service member, life has too many ups and downs to worry about the why. So for sure. Amen. Brother. At least we, could it, pro- we could probably all call our, the coffee table at work, Jesus, because that, yeah. that table has answered more of the world's problems and questions than anything else. Or at I least know. heard it. If it could. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, Seuss, no we've solved no many of problems of the world no doubt. around that coffee table. No doubt. Brian, Brian, this was this was everything I had hoped for with an East Coast Kelly. Uh, I'll tip uh, my hat as I as I hit my microphone. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you had as much fun as we did. This this was awesome. Obviously, uh, this is a bit of a different episode because you are one of the uh, 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 best friends of the podcast. So it, it was kind of a sit down and chat session. But that's kind of what this podcast is is a is a sit around the table and talk about things that are important to us. So. Uh, if you're still here, we re- really appreciate you guys listening to us. Please, please, please check out East Coast Kelly literally on every social you can find. Um, I don't think he's on Hinge or Tinder, though, so don't look no, there. Not he's there. Uh, he's on all the other good ones. Uh, check out check out East Coast Kelly's. Uh, he's on live all the time. Pop in. Uh, tell him that you uh, heard him on the Cool Fireman podcast. And uh, any any uh, final words, Brian? Uh, thanks for allowing me to be here. Like I said, I, I, this has been kind of a little dream for a long time. It's something I've wanted to do. Uh, you know, I, I think that it goes back to if, if we don't invest or don't have the conversations with folks, we can't complain later on when people don't remember us. Right. Like, I mean, I say that only because, you know, the old saying is, is invest in the time while you're here. Right. Like, put yourself out there, but also invest on your family, invest in these other things. But also you don't want to be the guy that they forget about six months after you've left the firehouse, right? Like you don't want to be that guy. You're like, Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot. He used to work here. Like, you know, when your name gets brought up, I want to be the guy, not that everybody remembers, but just who left his mark that was important enough to make that mark. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, so, sure. Absolutely. And not necessarily just like that you have policies named after yeah, you. Yeah, no, no, no. Policies, <laughs> look, the one thing that I'll say about policies, and I could talk about it forever, I tell my staff and my fire chiefs is never write a policy that you're not willing to enforce, number one. And number two is if it's if it's against the law, then it needs to be policy. If it's not a law and you're not willing to enforce it, then don't write it, right? Like, I mean, memo. that's- it's a memo or even then it's like it's it's not even a policy it's more conversational right like i could i could let me give a brief example we had an issue of social media um in a department not far from here which was an issue and somebody did something stupid and they wrote a policy social media right and so basically you couldn't affiliate yourself with it and so uh, that organization wrote that policy And so what it takes away from is it takes away from organizational pride. I want people to be proud of where they work, right? As a white shirt, I want you to be able to say, yes, this is where I work and I'm proud to work there. But if you do something stupid, you use conduct unbecoming, right? As your policy 
no matter whether it's social media, out in a bar, in public, whatever, because it's important enough, ethically speaking, it's important enough to have conduct unbecoming because pride, honor, integrity, all those things that are foundationally important as a fire department. My one of my the fire chief that hired me told me, he says, I can budget for fire trucks, ladder trucks, and everything. He said, those are three things that I can never budget for. I can't put that in the budget. He said, I can't bring that into the fire station. I can't put it there. Right. And so when you have that and it's lost, it's toxic for an organization. Right. Sure. And so for me, those policies, what is the point of writing a policy that no one wants to enforce? If somebody does something stupid on social media and you say, well, we need a policy about that. If it's a one off, put a generic Talk policy that allows, yeah, put that, that kind of deal with it. But then everything else is all relative. So leave your mark. Right. But in a good way, not in a bad way. That's close it. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> and there it, there it is. There it is. There it is. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, thank buddy. you for Thanks, uh, for joining us. This was awesome. Everybody, yeah. check out East Coast Kelly's. Adam left us, I think, for a call. He got That's him. It. He got him. They, they had to go to Wendy's too after. Roll it, Gigi. Before you leave, hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications, and give these firemen a huge thumbs up. Also, make sure you check out thecoolfireman.com for more. Thanks.